Welcome to One Heart, One Mind, a podcast of the Nampa, Idaho South Stake to inspire and give hope in our efforts to build Zion. And now your host, Kim Keller. Hello, my name is Kim Keller, and I'm the host of today's podcast for One Heart, One Mind, Nampa. We're joined today by Pam Steelman and Carmen Robison. Now, we've invited them here today to join us so we can get their perspective on what it was like or is like to serve as a Relief Society president in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're going to share some insights of their journey about being a leader while also trying to juggle all of other life's responsibilities. So, Pam, let's start with you. What uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, what brought you to Nampa, how long you've been here, and uh, a little bit, just a short history about yourself, where you came from. We raised our family in Boise. Um, moved to Nampa to be closer to Frank's parents to help take care of them. And we were first in the seventh ward um, for a few years, and then 25th ward was created, and we got to be part of that. And I had the opportunity to serve as Relief Society president in the 25th ward with two wonderful and supporting bishops. Then we decided to downsize, and we ended up staying in Nampa, and we were back in seventh ward. Then a great privilege came to serve in the stake Relief Society. That was such a growing experience and a blessing. Then I had the opportunity to serve in the seventh ward with another wonderful supporting bishop. So grateful for the blessings um, that have come from moving to Nampa. Well, we're glad to have you here today. Carmen, a little bit about yourself. I grew up here in Nampa. I, we just talked about that a minute ago and um, have loved it here. My husband and I went away for a little while after we were married to go to school at BYU. And we knew that we wanted to raise our family here. And so we moved back here. His family was from CUNA at that time, and my family is all from Nampa. And we have seven children and two granddaughters. And it was an amazing it's been an amazing journey. It's been so fun, and we've been so blessed in our lives, and I just feel overwhelmed sometimes at all the blessings we've received from just being in this area and the people and associations we have. It's It's been a wonderful thing for us. We've been um, in the 19th Ward for 18 years, which is crazy to think mm-hmm. about, and we moved there um it, it was such a blessing specifically for some answers to our prayers and it's been all that and more and I feel blessed to be in that ward and to be able to have the associations that have come from our ward family. Oh, so Great. Well, having worked with both of you through the years uh, in the church, I, I can say that Nampa has been blessed to have you both here. And so that's why we're excited to talk to you a little bit more. So, uh, Carmen, in your own words, what what is a Relief Society uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Um, it, I would say it's an organization for women, um, but it's more than that. It becomes more than that. It really becomes a true sisterhood. And when you love and serve those ladies that you're around and with, um, most of the time just Sundays, but the Relief Society presidency, which I was honored to do, um, gave me a little bit more opportunity to be with them on an everyday basis. And it just, it really 
Um, I think through this calling, it helped me to understand what a ward family is because you have those same feelings for these sisters that you'd have for your own sisters and your own children. And it really taught me what a ward family is. Yeah, so. for sure. Pam, what are your thoughts? Oh, this sisterhood is such a blessing for us as sisters um, to have each other to lean on and to serve each other and, and to love. And not everyone is as lucky to have or come from big families. And it's just the most beautiful um, organization that we have in the church. And the sisters do so much good. I know as you keep calling them sisters. You, and, and, and you call it a sisterhood. Uh, for some people who may not be members of our church, they might listen to a podcast like this and think we're talking about a bunch of nuns. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the case, right? right. No. Why no. do you call each other sisters? Because you feel like they are your sisters. You love them like your sisters. And you learn from them. You grow with them. You have fun experiences with them. You have hard experiences with them. It's It really... It, they just feel like your sisters, your biological sisters that you love, and you just you know would do anything for them. So, and so when you're when you're called to in the church to to serve as a president of a of a relief society unit, which is found in in the ward, for example, um, what changes in your perspective of being a sister? What do you see differently when you're a, the president for a time in that calling? Oh, it's huge. It's a, a huge responsibility. Um, you want to make sure that everyone feels loved and needed. And there's usually lots of concerns and lots of things going on. Um, and the one of the greatest blessings um, in the Gospel of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that there is such an organization and you when you're called to be a Relief Society president it is overwhelming mm -hmm. and um, because of, of that responsibility um, but you have such a desire to to serve them and when you're when you're put in you have it's not you alone. You have a presidency. And I remember being so overwhelmed and feeling very, very inadequate. And as you work with um, your bishop and counsel with him and you begin the process of calling a presidency um, and those names come to you and you're, you realize that the Lord is so aware of who needs to be in that position with you and to serve with you and also to bless their lives. And yeah. that is a blessing. Wonderful. Yeah. And then, um, Carmen, when, when you were called to be a president, what were your feelings and, and how did that uh, affect your family? Um, to be honest with you, I think my feelings might have been a little bit different than um, Sister Stillman's. I was actually very grateful and very excited. Um, my husband and I had just come out of 
a really difficult period in our life, and there were some struggles and trials that we had just come through. And it was very evident that the Lord had been guiding us and directing us, and we saw miracles in our life. And it was a really rough couple of years for us as a family and as a as a couple. And I remember when Bishop Walker called me in to um, ask me to do this, I remember just feeling like this feeling of, yes, I will do this. I will, I'm so excited because we had just come out of a period of time where we had seen miracles in our life. And this was a way for me personally to show my Heavenly Father how grateful I was. And I, I'm telling you, I was going to be the very best Relief Society president that has ever been in this area before because I wanted to show my Heavenly Father how grateful I was for the miracles that had, we had just seen in our lives. And I had an attitude of excitement and gratefulness. And it wasn't until about two weeks later that I thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, my children at that point, I had one son that was serving a mission, and I had another son that was a senior in high school down to a two-year-old. Mm -hmm. And so we had every phase in our home, and there were six of them at home, and they they were troopers. And like Sister Stillman said, I had counselors that were amazing women. In fact, I always wanted to know what it was like to have a personal assistant, and that's what I used my counselors mm -hmm. for is um, my right side of my brain. and. And I also like felt it very important that I choose my counselors very carefully. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I know that I was really society present for almost six years. And I know, and I went through a couple different set of counselors, but I know that every single one of them that was there by my side that whole time serving was there for a purpose. And they were there to help me. And I used to tease with them and I used to say, your job is to make me look good. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can do that, <laughs> then that's good. But, um, they were amazing, and I, I'm just so grateful for their willingness to serve with me and let me do my thing, and they would do their thing. I felt very strongly that I would turn over all the organizational stuff to them and to my secretary, and that I would just go out and serve the sisters with all my heart and all the love that I could ever get in my heart for them, and everything else would fall into place. And because of their willingness to serve and because they're amazing women themselves and have so many talents and and just so willing to help, I was able to just go and do what what I needed to do for the Lord and be able to be there um, for each sister and to love them unconditionally. And I'm just so grateful for the help that I had. My children, um, they just thought, oh, there goes mom, crazy mom again, you know, crazy mom doing crazy mom things, you know, and they kind of didn't know a difference. But they, um, I, I felt really blessed because I was able to use them as well in my service and in my calling. And I was able to teach them um, so many things about loving and serving and giving as much as we can and every effort that we ever um, put forth was with one of my children by my side helping me do it you know and I I was really appreciative of that as well and excited that they were able to learn as well as m myself in the calling that I had and they were always so willing and I never felt like I had to give up any part of my motherhood. In fact, I felt like in this calling made me a better, better mother. I was able to appreciate more what I had in my own home and my own children and see um, how blessed I truly was. 
Oh, that's great. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Pam, did you have a difficult time balancing uh, your calling with your regular life duties? Um, I felt like my husband and my family were very, very supportive. Um, um, I worried about that, mm -hmm. but there wasn't one one bishop that I served with or, or even when I served in the stake. Um, they always reminded you that your family came first, mm -hmm. and that that was so important. Um, I, I did worry about that because having such a big family and a, a very active family, and, and I'm one of those moms, I, I didn't want to miss anything, but I wanted to, to be there for my sisters and mm -hmm. my ward and, and my calling. Oh, that's great. That's good. So, I, you know, as a Relief Society president, I, I assume that there are times where you just, you have all these things that usually only you're really aware of within the lives of the sisters, the things that they struggle with, whether it's emotional needs or financial needs or, or, or physical needs. You're one of the first to know about it in, in your ward. How, um, how can you help actually all these people all at once? Is it possible? When I, for me, when I first became Relief Society president, I thought that that's what that calling was, is to go solve everybody's problems and help them in any way that I could. And I took it very personally. And I, I soon realized through the council of the bishop and stuff that that wasn't what my calling was about. My calling was to help strengthen the person that was going through the trial or the struggle or whatever it was. And that I, I learned, for me, um, strength comes from engaging and doing and learning. And I realized um, that I was probably unknowingly taking those opportunities away mm -hmm. from the sisters and the families themselves because I wanted to solve the problem for them. I wanted to be there, and I wanted to be their hero. And I realized... Um, soon into that, that I couldn't do that for them, that they also needed those opportunities to learn and to grow. And so there's a difference between solving the problem for them and actually helping them. And I would lay awake at night and take everything so personally, you know, like, what can I do? What can I do? And I realized then, I'm sure it's from the Council of Bishop and from my Heavenly Father, just don't don't take those opportunities away from those sisters and those families to learn and grow and develop from themselves. Be there to love them unconditionally. Be them. Be there to not judge them. You know, but just be there to love them as the Savior would do. You know, give them a big hug and say, "You can do this." You know, and stuff. Um, for example, I would say, you know, like someone would call me and say, I need a babysitter tomorrow. And I would, if, in my early part of the calling, I would call somebody, I would say, okay, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. And I would say, oh, here's a babysitter for you for tomorrow. I've, I've worked this all out for you and everything's good. And then later in my calling, I'm like, okay, sister so-and-so, here's a list of five sisters that are willing to give some service hours. Why don't you call them? And why don't you set up the, you know, if you can't find anybody, then you can call me back and I can give you five more names, you know. And I let them take the responsibility for their own struggles and their own problems. And it's just amazing to see people um, feel like they've accomplished something and being able to overcome 
a struggle that they're having. And so I realize there's a difference between helping them and doing it for them. And I've been able to do that with my own children now, you know, like from what I've learned from that. Okay, you have a problem here. What can I do to help you? I can love you and I can serve you as much as I can and I can not judge you, but I can help you. Here's a name of, here's a list of five things you can do. Pick one and see if it works and then come back, you know, so. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Pam, what about you? Did you have, did you discover the same thing? As you exactly. Okay. You, you, I think as a woman and a mother, that's automatic. You're going to, you want to fix mm-hmm. things. And, um, I don't think I ever spent so much time on my knees and lots of tears because you, you hurt for them that are, are struggling mm-hmm. so much and you do want to fix it. And I had to learn, learn that real soon that, um, I did think maybe that was my responsibility in the beginning, and and also with with the priesthood, you uh, are counseled. Um, you, you're there to listen and love and support. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, when you look back at your service, what are some other things that you've experienced? What are some other lessons that you've learned along the way? I love how you said you've learned some lessons that you've applied to your own family. Mm. What are some other things that maybe you guys have learned? (laughs) I need to think about this for just a second because there's so much. I learned so many things that I didn't know that I needed to learn and they were just subtle little lessons, you know. Um, I think for me, I learned to really appreciate um, everyone and love them. Um, I remember when I was set apart to do this calling, I was blessed with an unconditional love for those that I would serve. And it it sounds kind of cliche-ish, but I literally walked out of the bishop's office and I felt so much love in my heart. And that's what I felt like Heavenly Father wanted me to do, is to share that love. And that that for me... I feel like I've always had it, but it's a huge step outside of my comfort zone to be able to share that love with others. I can smile at them, but to actually give somebody a hug that I don't even know or knock on their door and say, I'm here to help you, that was a huge step outside of my comfort zone. And so I've just learned um, like to trust myself and to trust my instincts and trust what the Lord is trying to tell me and trust His process and don't question, just if you're given a prompting, just go do it, you know? And I, I feel like, um, I've been blessed since that calling to recognize those promptings more often in my life and to be able to help my children recognize those promptings more often. Um, when you're inside of something that you don't feel like you can get out of a trial or whatever, I like to look outward. And that's how I, I felt like I was able to just the whole time that I served, I was just looking outward the whole time. And it was just such an eye-opening, wonderful experience for me. Of course, there were times when it was stressful and it was not always fun. And 
and I'm not sure I should say this, but like, you know, you, you get annoyed with the sisters sometimes, you know, but you love them just the, just like your children. You get annoyed with your children, but you still love them. And there were times when I felt so annoyed, like, oh, haven't we learned this lesson before? But I realized everyone learns at a different pace and everyone is on the same path and trying so hard. There's just some of us that have been given some experiences that others haven't had those experiences to learn the same lesson along the way. And so it was really an eye-opening experience for me to understand that really people are good and they want to do the best that they can, but sometimes they just need a little nudge along the way and to help learn. I remember a sister called me one time and she was very upset with another sister in the ward because she was a, a new convert to the church and the sister there was a new convert to the church and she was wearing slacks to church and a sister in the ward called me and was so upset that she was wearing slacks inside of the chapel I and I said you know what maybe that's not I mean maybe she hasn't learned that yet but let's with all the kindness and love in our heart let's go teach her what you know but maybe that's what she felt like was appropriate. And I said, she just hasn't had those experiences yet in her life to be able to understand that and know that. And so we, because we understand that and know that, should help her along the way. And, you know, I said, if, and she wanted me to call her and tell her that. And I said, why don't you think about it and pray about it? And if you feel like you still need to talk to her about it, then you can talk to her about it, you know. But that was a hard one for me because, you know, she... And, but to teach her that, that we're just at different points in the path along the way. And we all need to just be kind and loving and non-judgmental and do the best that we can to help others get to the same experiences that we've had so we can all return. That's our, that's our goal. And there's sometimes slacks are just plain more comfortable. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, come I on. Agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, what kind of experiences have you had along the same vein? What she just expressed is so true. When you are set apart and you receive that mantle, there is an abundance of love and compassion that you have never felt before for everyone. Uh, it is, it's amazing. And, and when you ask the question, when you look back at your service, you strive so hard to magnify your calling. And you think, you know, you think, did I do everything that I could have? Did everyone feel loved? And you just hope and pray that nobody ever felt overlooked. And, you know, no matter how hard you work, though, there are people who are going to feel overlooked, even if they've been really cared for we just have different expectations don't we yeah. and what we expect others to do for us or church members or church leaders um uh, it's it's fascinating as a church leader to have to to, to think those things through and to experience that isn't mm -hmm. it absolutely so when you um when you see other sisters who are serving in the relief society what are your thoughts now you just love them so much and you you kind you, of empathize with him a little yes, bit. You, you know? really do. <laughs> yeah. You really yeah. do. You have a greater understanding. Yeah. What? This is a little bit of a, a different question. There are some sisters uh, in the church who feel like they don't 
need to or want to be part of the Relief Society. And I don't know if they think of it because it's a class, they just don't want to, I don't, I don't want to hear the teacher, or they don't feel comfortable for whatever reason. What, what are your observations and thoughts and experiences with that when you have visited with sisters? Well, you, you know how much they're missing. Mm-hmm. And so you try to reach out. And um, I think another blessing that comes in this calling with you and your presidency is finding that right person to reach out to them, to minister to them, to invite. Um, because we, need, we all need each other. And, and they do need it. And, mm-hmm. and you hope that they will... They will realize that because there are so, so many blessings and benefits of being part of this sisterhood. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you can learn something from everyone, anyone. I mean, you can, even if you think you already know how to do it, they're going to do it a different way. And you can learn from each other. And I used to just hope and pray that they would feel needed and know that they could come and share their experiences. And, you know, everyone just wants love and everyone just wants to be talked to and loved and not judged and just have that experiences, those experiences with each other. And, and there's always something that you can learn from someone else. And, that's what that was a really fun part of my calling in doing this is going into somebody's home mm-hmm. and really talking with them and opening up to them and empathizing and sympathizing with them and you know just just hoping that they would feel heavenly father's love through me like i was on his mission there in their home that day and hoping that they could just feel that and want to be a part of it and it there were some really amazing experiences with that, you know, knowing that I was on the Lord's calling and doing his work and trying to help his daughters feel as much love, his love as much as I had the love for them too. And so it was just really fun to learn new things from the sisters. Um, Like I said, everybody's going to do things differently and, and it's not always the same way that you want to do it or that it that you would think about doing it, but you'd always walk away with a different perspective. And so I would always, always invite, come, come be with us, you know. And there we've created a lot of fun memories. We've had a lot of, um, we don't have a huge ward. We had some, um, a lot of people coming and going, but we wanted everyone to feel like they were a part of us and loved by us and it was fun to create those memories with them, you traditions. Know, yeah, when you talk about going in their homes and reaching out and trying to have them feel, you just described basically this whole process of trying to become one heart and one mind, right? The, which it, it does take some reaching out. And, and as I have always seen the Relief Society's love and caring for people, um, it, it hurts I feel sad too when somebody misses out on the opportunity to to meet somebody, to know somebody, and to share that one heart, one mind. You talk about learning something different. That's a way of if, now. If I learn something different from you, I'm more like you, and you learn something from me. I'm more. Right. You're more like me, and we right. now become closer in one heart, one mind. Right. Our preferences may be different, but we can still be closer to each other. 
Yeah. Did you experience that kind of thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I learned a huge appreciation for the activities that we used to do because it was there that we were really able to connect. And we had a fun tradition in our ward where we would go once a year up to my family cabin. and Oh, I've heard about those. <laughs> Don't believe everything you hear, but <laughs> super fun. And, you know, we would just get up there. We would lock all the doors and shut all the windows and everything. And we were just able to connect so much. And we spent all night just laughing and giggling and eating and talking. And it was there that we had some of the most wonderful experiences. Mothers asking mothers, well, what do you do if you get in this situation? Or help me with this. Or I, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? What has been your experience? And those activities, um, it doesn't always have to be that grand, but those activities are meant to bind these sisters together. Mm -hmm. And I know that <laughs> it's it's an amazing experience when you have that trust and confidence in each other and you know that you can go to each other and you can talk with each other and you can love each other and it's an amazing experience it's it's really fun it's That's really great. fun well Pam eventually the calling ends right what, what are the feelings we talked about what it felt like when you were called at first how different was that when you were released as a decide president and what did you feel then it's hard. Yeah. And there's um, so, uh, some real emptiness. And um, you know, I mean, that mantle's gone. And um, yeah, it's it's an adjustment, but you never lose that re those relationships that you had the blessing of having all those treasured re relationships. That's great. Well, let's uh, let's kind of end our podcast with just uh, Pam share with us just some kind of um, thought that you would share want to share with the sisters uh, of the ward, and then same with you, Carmen. I am so grateful for the opportunity that I had to serve the sisters, but to grow. Um, I was taught by so many of them so many different things. Um, I am so grateful for the endearing relationship that I have with the sisters in my presidency forever. Uh, a sisterhood that, I mean, we will be internally close forever. Those re relationships are unreal. And it was, it was everyone that I had the chance to serve with and grow from and learn from. And to look back, I mean, to see all the blessings. Yes, there were really hard times, but there were so many blessings. And to see how much my family, in many different ways, were blessed with this service. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I think for me, um, the best part was knowing that I had that the Lord had accepted my efforts and he blessed my family to go through. I mean, we had a lot of stuff going on in those years. Um, we had graduations, we had weddings, we had, you know, just everything that you can, a life happening around us. And I just, the Lord blessed our family um, with those wonderful blessings of 
it's it's almost hard to describe, but um, it, it just felt like a very special time and a very sacred time in our home. And I was just so grateful for that. And I, I when I was released, I didn't know. Um, I literally felt as I was sitting there in sacred meeting, I literally felt my shoulders just relax. And I, I felt that mantle removed from me. And I was so excited for the new presidency that they were going to be able to experience and learn and grow and everything that I had done. But for me, I think the best thing that, um, as I look back, I think the best thing about it for me was the connection that I made with the sisters in my ward. And, and this might sound a little bit different too, but I was grateful for the confidence that it gave me in, in my life. And because I had just come out of this wonderful experience and I didn't want it to end because I still wanted to have that connection with every single person in my ward. And I still wanted to, them to know that I love them. And so I, um, the connect, the connection part with the sisters was just the best. And I felt so blessed for the, the growth that I had experienced, the growth that we had experienced together as sisters. And that was just a bonus, you know, like the connection, because I had already learned all these lessons along the way. And I know the Lord was blessing me, but the, the bonus part of it was the connection with the sisters. And I just was so grateful. And I know that I couldn't have done it without prayer and I couldn't have done it without the council of the priesthood and the bishop and the amazing, I served with two different bishops and that was kind of an interesting experience too because they both do things differently, you know, and so learning from them and growing and my testimony was just so strengthened from that and, and it just made me want to be a better person for the rest of my life because I want to have those experiences for the rest of my life mm -hmm. that I had in that sacred time that I was actually had stewardship over those sisters. And so I just am thankful for that um, responsibility and that the Lord trusted me enough to give those opportunities and experiences to me and my family. And I'm just so grateful that I had those experiences because it's changed my life. It really has. And it's made me want to be better and more like my savior all the time, not just some of the time, <laughs> but all the time and to, um, serve him in a more loving and f fulfilling way, I guess. Well, thank you. Thank you both. Thanks for coming and sharing your experiences and your Welcome. testimony with us. And, and for helping all of our listeners uh, seek that hope in Christ and seek that one heart and one mind. And it's, it's a fun path. Thank you for helping us further along. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to One Heart, One Mind Nampa. Our hosts are the amazing overseer, Kim Keller and lovely Lindy Bauer. President Keller's right arm is our project director and podcast announcer, Casey Maddox. Our front line is ever-ready Rachel Bauer to direct the site recording. A big thanks to Kayla Christensen, who is the backbone project manager for us and keep us all together. Our contact man to coordinate communications is John Freeman. Our technical life is given by Jesus Gomez, the key grip and podcast recorder, and Don Ricker, the digital platform manager. Not to mention, they both provide plenty of behind-the-scenes good humor for our happiness. 
A special thanks to Rich Petrie and DJ Holiday for final edits. Thank you for listening to One Heart, One Mind. We hope that you have felt inspiration and hope in moving towards Zion. As always, thank you, and may the Lord bless you.